This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined as always by Derek Terry, the Cats Paws. Derek, Kentucky dropped a heartbreaker Saturday night at Kroger Field in overtime, 42-41 to Ole Miss. Uh, just what are your quick thoughts before we really get into this thing? Yeah, really a uh, devastating loss, uh, the way it happened. The fact that uh, it was a home game against a team that you were favored to beat, and uh, your offense puts up over 500 yards and 41 points, and it still wasn't enough. It wasn't, and it came down once again to Kentucky's miscues, the same thing at Auburn. Uh, started the game off with an A.J. Rose beautiful run that should have been six and ended up being zero because he fumbled on the next play. And, or two plays later, maybe. But it, two, Derek, it, I couldn't really tell if he got in the end zone or not. So we had another review, and then it ended up not being a touchdown. So no points there. And then Kentucky had two or three different situations where that happened. Yeah, to me, two big plays um, in terms of Kentucky's offense that I thought hurt. Obviously, the Rose run. Uh, he has a touchdown there if he continues to run that, and he didn't. He uh, – slowed up on that, started to celebrate too early, and uh, he got brought down. And then, of course, the fumble. I couldn't really tell if he got in. I never saw a replay, I assume. I mean, they reviewed it. You would think they got it right. Uh, but then the other play, Sean, was was the pass on third down to Demarcus Harris. That uh, I was watching Harris the whole play, and he beat his man big time off the line. And I'm not seeing a replay of it yet. Some people tweeted at me and said Terry had a guy on his face, couldn't really step into it. Regardless, the throw was a little bit underthrown, um, but still sounds like a pass that should have been caught. Harris had a rough day. He got targeted, I think, five times. I counted three drops that he had today. So that was a rough one. If you score that right there, you know, we're talking about two plays. Well, after the Harris drop, I guess we should add a missed field goal on that rough low, which is not an easy field goal by any means. I believe it was close to 50 yards on the attempt, and it hit the upright. So, this point's left on the board, however you want it, 14 or 10. Uh, that's the difference in a one-point game. Uh, it becomes a difference mainly, Sean, because the defensive uh, effort, no, I shouldn't say effort, but the execution on defense was reminded me of maybe a Stoops defense from two or three years ago. It was as bad as we've seen it in a long time. Yeah, that, that's the big talking point, and this one is the defensive. And like you said, not the effort, just the execution, the out of place, the looking lost in the secondary. Uh, but, two, you mentioned there, that's 10 to 14 points that Kentucky left on the field. And Derek, the biggest part of that was the momentum swing. 
it went from you could have gone back up 14, you went up, you didn't get anything, and then the next thing you know you're tied, and then Ole Miss is a play away from taking control of the game, and that's eventually what happened. They went back up by seven. Uh, so just a huge swing play there. I thought the ball was underthrown, but then again, he got both hands on it. It should have been a, could have been a catch. Yeah, I mean, as a quarterback, I think you hope to make it as easy as possible. But at the same hand, at the same time, I mean, a uh, wide receiver's going to help Terry out too. Okay, Terry didn't make the best throw, but he got it to an area where you could have caught it. And uh, the way I tweeted it was both players could have done better on that play. But defensively, I mean, one, I want to tip my hat to Matt Corral, who uh, I think at, by the end of the season, I think we'll see that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. Now, granted, I said that last week as well about Bo Nix, and it sounds like Bo is having a hell of a time uh, in Athens, Georgia tonight against those guys. So maybe it's the Kentucky defense. Maybe that's a common theme as to why these guys are looking so good. But, Sean, this is, this is, this is really bad, <laughs> the past defense. Corral today goes for 320 yards four touchdowns, he threw five incompletions, and then to go back to Bo Nix last week, um, about 230 yards for Bo, three touchdowns, and only seven incompletions. So the secondary right now is getting absolutely torched. Yeah, and Derek, it, it starts with uh, Kelvin Joseph. I mean, this is the guy that he had for two weeks now. He's had some really bad plays, Derek, and it was set up tonight with two back-to-back really bad plays, and then he ended up being the, the guy that got the pass interference call there in overtime as well. Dirk, and for a guy that he talked a lot since he's been at Kentucky on social media and everything, he it's safe to say he's not backing it up. I, I told you last week that I was hoping to see if maybe it was just a matchup with Auburn's skill guys last week, but I'm actually starting to wonder, I'm not going to call him boss man until he shows me he's boss man because right now he's just Kelvin Joseph. Yeah, he uh, he's had a hard time. Um, you know, the pass interference at the end was pretty noticeable. I thought it, some people were mad about that. I thought it was actually a pretty good call. I mean, he more or less just ran the guy right out of bounds, didn't try to make any kind of attempt on he, the ball. He never even turned to look at the ball. No. Uh, and then he had one. It was a miscommunication on third down. It was right before he got beat the very next play by Jonathan Ningo for a touchdown. So it might not have been him who had the breakdown of communication, but on a better thrown ball, Ole Miss would have scored the play before. So he it was that was a really bad sequence for him, but he wasn't the only one. Brandon Eccles had a had a really bad sequence too, where he got beat and then he also got ran over by guys. This is a real problem, Sean, and we'll really dig into more stuff later this week. This is just our post game thoughts, but you saw Carrington Valentine get in there a little bit today. Yeah, a true freshman Vito. got in there. MJ Devonshire was in there a little bit. I mean, they Vito are Tisdale uh, in there Tisdale. too. You're probably uh, going to see, uh, you know, I think some more guys. <laughs> if that doesn't get cleaned up, I think you're going to see some more guys get opportunities. Yeah, that's that's an area that, Derek, uh, I think you might agree with this. Looking at the way Kentucky's philosophy, their style of play has been, under Mark Stoops and Eddie Grant, it's been built on having a defense that can stop people because they like to control time of possession. They like to keep the ball on the ground. That doesn't work if you can't if you have a defense that gives up, just gets torched in the secondary. I mean, those drives, Derek, there were three play drives, five play drives, just chunk play after chunk play, just of the secondary just looking lost. I mean, it was most of this game was spent with Kentucky's defensive backs chasing somebody. It was it was a, a performance. Like I said, it's it's been a long time since they got just cut through that easy. Uh, Ole Miss finished with 
See, they finished with 459 yards, which Kentucky actually outgained them by 100 yards. Second straight opponent, Kentucky's outgained them lost. So uh, a few more things before we wrap this up. Um, this week coming up, we'll discuss a lot more about this game, and I want to give myself a couple of days to collect some thoughts before saying anything too much. But don't see any reason for any kind of QB controversy stuff this week. I thought Terry, you know, maybe had a throw here or there. He wanted back. But 14 for 18, 151 yards, and then he ran the ball for 129 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I thought he showed some really good bursts, something I've been wanting to see from him after his injury. Uh, I don't think you could have asked for much more from him today. No, he he was to me he was really good. That was honestly I think that was one of his better games in a UK jersey in my opinion. Uh, like you said, he showed some burst there on those runs. He made some really good reads from the late second quarter on, and then too, Derek he he really those drives there late in the game where Kentucky needed to go tie the game. He he went and got it. He made some plays on third down. Went through his progressions, hit the check down to Rig. I think he hit another one to Rose maybe. There's someone there in the fourth quarter, and then they get the ball to start the fourth quarter or the overtime. They go score. He scores from 10 yards out, and then they miss a PAT. So there is no quarterback controversy in my opinion, but we're at a spot now where Kentucky has a – they have a defensive problem, and they have a very, very big problem at kicker because this has been going on for two years now. Let's put it this way, Derek. They recruited Chance Poor. They signed Chance Poor. They gave him a full ride to be the kicker not to just be the kickoff guy. That has to be fixed. Yeah, if if Ruffalo basically lost his job last year for a time because he missed extra points. He missed two against Missouri. I, I got to imagine you're probably going to see Chance out there next week um, kicking some. That is an issue. I mean, things happen every now and then on extra points. That has to be a given in that moment, in that scenario that you're going to have that extra point right there. Because I was texting you. I was asking you in the press box, you know, through our computer, if you thought Lane Kiffin would go for two. And it turned out that was a question that we didn't have to worry about being answered because poor, uh, simply put, he didn't do his job. You know, he, he needed to come through for his team right there and make that extra point. He didn't do it. He wasn't the only guy who struggled on Saturday. There are plenty of uh, – when, when you lose a game like that, uh, it's never just one guy. There are plenty of people to blame. But probably a big topic I want to talk with you about on Monday, Sean, will just be kind of where it goes from here. But – the way I, I want to close this, I guess, with my thoughts is you're, you're kind of staring at the unthinkable right now. I don't think there would be any way that this team would be potentially looking at 0-5 start. And the fact is, I think by the Vegas lines, you're probably going to see UK as underdogs the next three games. Um, Mississippi State's not playing great in the first half as we record this um, against Arkansas. But uh, Tennessee – steamrolled over Missouri today, and Georgia was absolutely crushing Auburn. Of course, Kentucky lost to you last week. So it's you're at a point right now where it, this could go two ways. Um, I don't think Kentucky's so bad that they can't beat any of these teams, maybe Georgia. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, but I don't think there's an absolutely huge gap between Mississippi State and Tennessee. These are games that become very, very, very critical the next two weeks. You've got to go two and you got to go two and one. In my opinion, if you want to salvage some things that you want to do this season, uh, but Derek, going two and one would mean you have to you have to beat Mississippi State with a secondary that I don't think anyone in the stadium or anyone watching around this country or not feels confident with. And then after that, you got to go to Tennessee and win at a place where you haven't won since the '80s. And then you've got to come back and you play Georgia at home. And I'm not trying to sound 
you know, negative about it. We're just stating the situation Kentucky has created for themselves. It has been self-inflicted miscues every single game so far this season. Kentucky's beat themselves two straight weeks, Derek. And, you know, you mentioned the Ruffalo kick there. He just happened to be the final guy to make the last mistake. It wasn't just him. It was a collection of the A.J. Rose play. It was a collection of maybe a drop pass here or a misthrow here or a penalty here that killed a drive or something. Uh, Eric, I don't know what the solution is right now. All I know, you know, Mark Stoops said he's confident that he has some leaders in that locker room that they're going to lean on. Uh, two, we didn't even talk about this. What did you think of Mark Stoops after the game chasing down the officials? Uh, I'd like to see that again before commenting on it. it was a, under any scenario, it's a bad look. Uh, I think it's hard to spin that any other way. Maybe some calls here or there he didn't like. Uh, I, I refuse to think the refs are the reason Kentucky lost today's game. That might have been some built-up frustration though for him because I didn't see a replay on the Rose one. I, I know some people thought he got. I thought he got in in real time, but um, you had Rodriguez last week. You had him. Really, he was very upset with a couple of the pass interference calls. I think there might have been a few that went against Kentucky, and it might have been that same ref that was really firing him up. So I think that's probably what caused that. But, uh, you know, it looked like he made contact with the official on the replay that I saw. That's probably going to result in some kind of punishment. He might have to part with some money. I don't know. I don't think you would see any kind of discipline in terms of suspension or anything like that. I don't think it was that bad. But uh, it's not a good look, and uh, clearly he's frustrated as well. Because he hears this too. I mean, they they may know they've not shot away from expectations this year. They've pointed towards 2020 being a big year for them, and uh, it's it's on the verge of going off the rails right now. It is. They're in a uh, they're in a spot right here where they're definitely looking up. They're you you got to see where this goes the next six or seven days, Derek. When you get in a situation like this, you look at your leaders, but you also look to see if guys are emotions showing with frustration because. That's what can happen if they come out here next Saturday, a night game at Kroger Field against an opponent who has a, I mean, a, a dynamic passing attack. They, you know, when they turn on the film and they watch this secondary, they're going to probably be licking their chops, thinking they can put up six or seven hundred yards passing. If they get the ball, they might not even take that much. If Kentucky can't, but I will say this too, there were a couple of positives. I thought Josh Pascal, I thought he answered the bell again. I think he he's putting up an All SEC top effort out there in my opinion and I thought Josh Ali played really well I thought Josh Ali made some really good catches some really nice plays uh, but the thing is Derek that this Kentucky team's only going to go as far as this defense takes them in my opinion the offense they put up the points tonight they were not the problem sure they had the, the miscue early with AJ Rose and the, the taunting or whatever he was put his deuces put the deuces up there but this defense has got to get this figured out it does. Um, not like you said. I mean, Ole Miss is going to be one of the better offenses they play, I think. But uh, certainly next week, Mississippi State is, like you said, they're going to come in here thinking they can just throw all night on them. And they're going to put up more of a resistance on defense as well. I, I don't think Mississippi State is a great defense, but uh, it's going to be better than Ole Miss. So, like you're saying, though, UK is not positioned to win shootout games, clearly. Um, I can't remember a really, really high-scoring game that they won. Uh, I know they held off Missouri a few years ago when they put up 40. Um, you know, I don't know. I think if you would have told me 41 points today by the offense, I think that would have been enough. I probably would have picked the Kentucky win. But what, too, is concerning about the defense, Sean, is not only have they not forced a turnover, 
I don't think they've even really been in a position to come away with a turnover. I, like no one said, uh, how many pass breakups do they have? Like very few. I think Joseph might have had a few at Auburn. Uh, if that, if it, the one Tommy pushed out Seth Williams, if that counts as a pass breakup, um, no one's really getting their hands on balls or anything. This has been a, it's been a real struggle and a surprising struggle, I would say. Well, I'll say this before we close: when, when you watch Cabossier smoke last week, on that opening drive, go score. If you're me. If you're like me, you're sitting there thinking, man, this this team, that's a really great start for a team that didn't have a spring. That's a really great start for a team that had a weird fall camp. And since that point, Derek, it, is, it feels like the wheels are falling off in a lot of situations all across this team, which Cavassier missed the entire second half with a rib injury tonight. I thought Chris Rodriguez played really well. I will say that, too. But this is a team, Derek, that they, they're in a really bad spot right now. It's their first 0-2 start since 2016. Now, that season ended 7-5 with a win against Louisville, but there were some cupcake games in there as well. Uh, this is an eight-game SEC schedule, and we actually thought that this was one of the lighter parts of the schedule. So I think that's the concerning part, too. So I don't know, Derek. We're just going to have to look at this and see what happens and I know we'll dive into this more on Monday after we rewatch this game, uh, but this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. Sorry if it sounds like we're whispering because we are, because we're in a press box trying to, you know, trying to have, you know, common courtesy with our fellow journalists here. Uh, but we'll be back Monday with another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you then. 